0: Well, welcome back to another episode of the Life Before Trinity podcast, the podcast where we get under the skin of uh, staff, student and spouses where they have seen God at work before um, in their previous lives, as it were. And this morning, or whenever you're listening to this podcast, uh, we have got Chris Harrigan, who is a, a brand new face uh, to Trinity. How are you this morning, Chris?
1: Good. Good, Pete. Thanks for having
0: me. Uh, you're good, very welcome. Good to see you, hear you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, first of all, be nice to know a little bit about you, where you've sort of come from, what context you're coming from, yeah, what you did beforehand, all of that.
1: God, Pete, hey, I'm, I'm in my 40s, so that's like a long, a long discussion.
0: <laughs> Give um, us the three minute version. <laughs> yeah, three
1: minute version. There's never a three minute version. <laughs> um, background, so yeah, I, before coming to Trinity, like literally the weekend before I drove down, I was a practicing working architect and architectural practice in East London. I've been an architect for about know, 16, 16 years, um, married to Rebecca, who's a human rights and immigration lawyer. And I have two kids, Izzy five and Isaac two. Uh, and we lived back in a place called, um, Romford, Essex, a uh, bit of a strange place uh it was like with greater london, so we're on the fringe of um suburban london and the countryside so i could i could jump two worlds i could go either way the end of my road was a was a field but turn the other way i'm going straight into london um grew up there. brother of one brother of three uh mum and dad father was a uh a grumpy old man uh an Englishman, I say Englishman because my mother is a Scottish lady, okay. fiery, fiery Scottish lady. So Not there was British, always a culture English, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were some stories about that, but <laughs> there, there was always like, I was always aware of cultural divides in my house uh, and like your place in the house, like difference between being Scottish and English, um, Scottish family, Scottish uh, Jamaican family, bit of mixing there. Um, and grew up in Romford. Um, Romford, for anyone who doesn't know it, is a bit of a what we call Geezerland. It's proper like East End boys, you know, West End, you no know, football shirts, drink, beer drinking. Uh, and for some reason, grew up countercultural to that. There's a group of us in my school, rejected that culture, uh, and at the earliest opportunities, moved into London, like go to college, go to universities into London. As soon as I could, you know, flee the house, moved to Chelmsford, moved to London, uh, and sort of cut my teeth as a young man in East London, in uh, Hackney and Shoreditch. Lived there for a few years, West London, different culture, uh, different environment. Lived there for a few years and moved back to East London, and eventually come back to come back to Romford. And coming back to Romford, came back, found myself again, Found a new homestead. Found Christ, um, and found Christ through um, a, a, a. My mother had cancer for years, and, and the, the, she was ravaged by it badly, and had so many sort of um, sort of physical and emotional effects to our family. Uh, the clock did something amazing to my mum. Healed my mum. You know, saved her from a a, a, a very close death. And then I was like, I said to God, right, you say my mum, I'll sit my bum in your church every Sunday. And he was like, I'll take that. Um, <laughs> and uh, and ever since, like, he's like, and that was, that's, that was like my early 30s. And God is like, literally, like, from the moment I sat down, he was like, you know, shifted the gear and went, right, Chris, we're off. We're going to do some stuff. And this is what we need to do. And this is where we're going to do it. Um, and that's been a roller coaster of uh, a journey uh, and knowing Christ. Like it's, my life's been a bit like the Marx gospel is very quick. Like it was God on the move, God doing stuff. Um, and sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's been hard um, and that's where I met my wife. That's where, you know, I had my kids um, and that's how I've come to the calling and coming to Trinity. Was that three minutes?
0: That was pretty good.
1: <laughs>
0: Cause, cause do I remember correctly in your um, in your chapel testimony, you saying uh, that you had only been a Christian for ten years? That would take you back to
1: thirty. Hours. Yeah, I was baptised. I was baptised at thirty-three, Easter Sunday, and that was eleven years ago. Okay. And I think I'd, I think I was about a year before that. I was I'd just started coming to church doing youth work. I wouldn't say I'd given myself to Christ at that point, but the Easter Sunday was like all in. Wow, I'm, I'm sure didn't... Soul Survivor. I said yes, but these are something.
0: did you ever imagine that those those years ago that you would now be training to be a vicar? What What has that journey been like? Because yeah, that's this is now quite different. I assume
1: <laughs> it certainly is. Um, thinking when I do look back, there there were there were. There were signs, there were early, really early signs. There was like one of my earliest memories, like in the first couple of years of being a Christian. I remember going with some, uh, some friends, non-Christian friends. We went to Snowdon. We hiked Snowdon like in the deepest of winter, like snow covered Snowdon, you know. And in, in my mind, I was wrestling with like, I, I really wanted to seek God. And I was like, you know, you read the Bible, I see people seek God in a higher places, like on the mountains. So I was always like drawn to go into the mountains. I'm like, right, God, I'm going to climb this and we're going to meet at the top and you're going to tell me what to do. And then I'm going to go and do it. Um, And I remember going to the top of Snowdon and it was cloud covered. And I was like up there and I sort of broke away from my friends was like, God, okay, can you speak? And it was dead silence. Um, And we went back down and the next day I went for a walk along this beach in Wales. And I remember seeing something in in the water and i was removing these sort of rocks in this water and as i've like put my hand down and i've pulled out this like wooden staff and it's just just this like unique long wooden staff just embedded into this beach been there for lord knows how long and i remember like girls girls that i was with i was like do you mind i'm gonna go for a walk my own i'm gonna you know seek god and mull over this and see what he says and i remember just like walking up the hill i'd like a big beard and a woolly jumper on and i had this rod um and i just felt like there's like this symbology in this like you know he was talking through this this little moment of like, and i was like god like, what do you mean like there's sheep everywhere and i did staff and the, the heavens did open It's was like it was a great picture of the sea where the clouds opened um and it was like the first glimpse of like the shepherd and looking back on it you're like okay he was he was like, speaking into my life through like this, this imagery and his experience um, and there was just a series of these things during the 10 years. People talked to me, talk to me in, a, in a chip shop line, asking me if I'm a if I'm a priest. And I'm like, why am I why do you say that? And he's like, Well, I'm a vicar. And like, like we were just resonating in a in a chip shop queue. Um, and it was it was this one significant weekend, like very early on, like in the first four years, where I said to God, right, I'm gonna fast, I'm gonna seek you i'm gonna say like you know what do you want from me um and i'm gonna put you to the test Lord. this was a friday and said on sunday i'm gonna to go to another church so i don't know what they're preaching or you know what their context is and i need you to answer like do you want me to are you calling me into this ministry um so me and my wife we took the youth group of the church to hillsong in london and uh and i've sat down and i've, I've told my wife and my friends at the time I was doing and then the preacher comes up and he goes well I'm speaking from Corinthians 2 like, and it's like in Corinthians two twenty, it says like for no matter how many promises God made they are yes and they are yes in Jesus Christ and that was it I was like went back to my I ran back to my vicar and said like I asked him does he want me to be in the ministry and he's like God said yes um and it's taken like six years six seven years to go from that yes to you know come in to trinity rejected a bat this is like i went through two bats first one uh was an awful experience for me personally i'm not the bat experience isn't awful um but for me it was um you know there was a lot of affirmation from people you know i was pushed through really quick um and i thought like you know in my arrogance like you know is Maybe this is a done deal. Maybe, you know, I, I, I just need to do this and I can carry on with what God wants me to do. Uh, and then you get the no. And that was like, you know, the testimony in, in the chapel was about that no. Mm-hmm. And then looking back at it, that, you know, actually God was working in refinement. He was really sort of like stripping me back, you know, breaking down sort of the walls and the, the boxes I'd put him in and sort of like my preconceptions of what I think. When really I was, you know, it was about like what he thought and, you know, his will. And then like the last two years have been some of the best years that I've had about, you know, breaking, deconstructing who I am and what my identity is and God filling those boxes back with like who my identity is in him and what that meant and, you know, our relationship and really getting um, our relationship right and then it was like, right, we're going, you're going back into the back, Chris. And then it couldn't have been smoother. It was like, he had to like break it down and then build me back how I'm, he needed me to be. So I could then you know, go on to do the ministries that he wants me to do. Um, and that was hard. It's like being in a boxing ring, like there's some tough blows taken. Um, and then you really have to like look at yourself. Um, and it was it was hard, really hard. Uh, but it's mostly some of the best best experiences I've had if not the hardest but
0: yeah, yeah that's a pretty good picture of just following Jesus generally isn't it like it's yeah it's the best yes. and worst process <laughs> All at once. no one said it'd be no one said it'd be easy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um it's a good Coldplay song with that line. um anyway uh before I get distracted by Coldplay um uh, that's obviously a huge journey and um, but but now, moving moving sort of the focus forward to Trinity in the here and now, you're the mission rep for college. Is that right? If Have I heard that right?
1: I am. Someone someone made me the mission rep for the first <laughs> years. I had, no one knows how that happened.
0: So, because one of the other things that I, I heard you say, partly I think you may have mentioned it in that chapel testimony, but also in just a conversation between us. Yeah. You talked about having been in projects where you basically turned a, a boxing ring into a church and all sorts of other mad stuff or was yeah. it the other way around the church into a boxing ring no, i'm not, not, not quite sure um <laughs> i mean that i want to hear from
1: um I, yeah, so just yeah to... i've we we I, you know i said about like you know as soon as soon as i said yes to god he was like right this is what we're going to do like every every other thing that we was doing at church was like how, like, who are we reaching like where are we going what does god want like how are we going to do it like just questioning absolutely everything and seeing where god was leading and doing it organically and and one of the things was uh this this boxing community and um and it was something that actually might originate from my from my, my younger brother who is my curate at my church um and he lived in uh, some flats opposite the church um, and the flats are um, owned by the council flats um, and he was living there with his family and upstairs to him was a guy called Dean and they would talk on the staircase just very naturally organic conversation the guy wasn't a, wasn't a Christian and um, and they just like they had a shared common interest in boxing they both loved boxing and they both used to box so they were like oh wouldn't it be nice if we just like you know, started training again to get fit because they were putting on the pants as they're getting a bit older and uh so they went, yeah let's just do it so they they meet in the gym david would just, like they'd just go running together and then just do a bit of skipping and then they're like they would they ask questions of like who else might be interested in this who else might be could benefit from this and they're like my brother's like chris loves a bit of exercise get him to come along he's, he's always up for anything just get him to come along so i i came along and we yeah you know, we like where can we take this any further? I was like, well, let's invite some more voices. Like, you know, these three voices. What if we had 10 voices and seeing what they would say, how this could be. And this thing just like organically grow out of these guys, just like we all draw, I brought some guys from work, my brother brought some guys from church, Dean brought like loads. Actually the non-Christian guy, Dean, he brought more people than me and my brother ever did. <laughs> but it, it's like, it, you know, it was absolute, he was an absolute blessing. Um and as these voices started speaking into like what this group like meant, like we grew from just a couple of guys going for a run to actually let's formalize this as in let's meet every week, let's let's do circuits, let's do boxing training, you know, what does boxing mean? You know, this this early on like image of discipleship came out. It wasn't we wasn't just meeting to do something, we meant we we gathered. Um for each other and we did something all together and uh there was always we we was open about our, our faith so at the end of the night we'd pray and we'd ask if anyone's got any questions or want to explore the stuff that we was talking about and this just grew into this form this natural organic form of, of uh discipleship and it went from just being a discipleship to being a community as in we still meet on a Thursday, we still talk we're still on whatsapp when i left to come here at trinity they had a leave and do for me like we was in a relationship and we had like formed this bond um, through this 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 exploration of self together um, and it was just a it was just a really like it wasn't a mission like it was mission without being organized like it was just organically grew from a conversation an off-the-cuff conversation Um, and turned into a community of guys exploring God, a couple of guys got baptised they're still walking together they still put up with my brother's preaches, you know (laughs) some of them come to church, like there's a mix of like where people are in a journey it was a mixture of like mission exploration and spirituality exploration and actually they were both one in the same thing like we lived mission uh, rather than just did did mission Um, and it was one of the coolest things I think I've uh, experienced so far.
0: So, and are you at Trinity for two years, three years?
1: I'm only for two. Okay, I'm thinking three because, of, like, you guys are amazing, and this place is amazing. So it's like, why would you want to let go of this? Uh, and the, the harder the work is, and the deeper it takes, the more I want of it. It's really weird, but and the more you learn, the more you realise I don't uh, know anything. I uh, know um, absolutely nothing. <laughs>
0: um I guess, you know, I guess the the thing that I've sort of had to wrestle with coming to Trinity and realizing that the Church of England, in terms of the majority of the Church of England, is is not shaped perhaps as missionally as I would like it to be. Um yeah. maybe you share that uh sort of sentiment. Um I guess I'd I'm interested to ask you like what from that experience will you take forward into like curacy being a vicar? Perhaps you know, maybe you'll go on to do like a more church planty thing, but you might end up like somewhere that's a bit like more normal in inverted commas. Like, yeah, what you would take from that experience into the rest of the Church of England?
1: Um I think. Through all the sort of mission opportunities that I've experienced in the last 10 years, um is that what I've witnessed in some churches, not all, all churches, um, that mission could be like a bolt on. It's like an app, something that you do, it's something that needs to be talked about up the front to get and to inspire people to get involved in, to go and do something, and it's it's it's, it's part it's, it's got its own box in a church life. Um, and one of the things that I'm, I'm understanding, growing with, wrestling with at the moment is actually a missional life. Mission is life. Like there is no separation. Like we, you know, the whole premise and you know, the, the, one of the themes of the Bible is, you know, mission, God on the move. Um, and it's sort of like how do you live a missional lifestyle in the everyday? not just it's a task or it's a, a an agenda in the church it's actually mission is every day like you step out the door like there's mission opportunities like you're on the mission like you're carrying the gospel with you like you're in mission like i, I can't separate it from the everyday even like with my kids like you're still it's you know it's missional like you're still trying to reach them with the, with the gospel or trying to be uh, incarnational or relevant like there is no separation. So, if carrying to a curacy, what am I carrying? Um, I'm carrying like, how do we explore what does mission look like in the everyday? Like in you personally and as ind- individually and corporately, what is what is mission in the everyday? I think that's a strap line. I think I'm, I'm wrestling with them. what is mission spirituality? Like how? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm, st- I'm still like still.
0: <laughs> it's so like i i mean i share all of your convictions but like to hear someone else say that is so refreshing do you know what i mean <laughs> it's just yeah and you're you're an
1: intellectual clever educated guy pete and i'm just I, um i'm just someone's some wrong for some,
0: someone's mistold you something there um <laughs> uh yeah like i guess um I'd, I'd love to hear you maybe say a little bit about like i know you say you're so, sort of wrestling with the um the outcomes of what you're saying as it were but but what does mission in terms of your lifestyle look like at the moment because I think that's you're absolutely right that that we I think by default in the church kingdom we have a culture of like operating with this sort of idea of mission is this external thing to our Christian life that we just sort of like go and do yeah um but mission is almost like what you're getting at is mission is more like sort of a form of being almost isn't it um yeah so yeah what what does that look like for you personally at the moment uh
1: well obviously lockdown you know what we understand of mission is you know going out and doing it somewhere to someone or going out there and getting involved in something uh whereas we can't go out um at the moment and we can't connect so like it's a really big question for the church at the moment like if if mission is ingrained into our faith, and we are restricted from mission, it's like what does that mean to our identity, our understanding of faith, of church, and everything um, above? For me personally, I've been looking for God in the small things, in the in the moments. Um, we're really blessed in our house up in Henleys that we are in a sort of cul de sac close, and we have a field at the back. Um, and I remember I'm, I'm trying to wrestle with my placement of like what do you get involved with if there's nothing going on mm-hmm. um try, like emailing joe of like uh, there isn't anything to get involved in um and when I was like questioning and wrestling with that, I was reflecting on these relationships that we my family has built with these other two families on our street um that they had allowed us into their lives and they, their kids were connecting with our kids and we got on well with the um with the parents and we you know we all come from these different walks of life but we somehow we're brought together on a, a this single thread of this street uh, and we're connecting and i realize like actually maybe God's called me this my mission opportunity is right in front of me I don't need to like write a report or set up a, uh, a subcommittee to find out where where mission is you know for me and Henley's it's like God is just like are you open to mission chris yes i am it's like well here's a couple and here's another couple and here's some kids and here's a field it's like just you know just be just be incarnate just be present um and actually you know mission for me at the moment is like being relevant and present in these guys lives and being open to each other and to like what is god doing and for me mission is just joining in what god's already doing and god's already working in these lives and has been there before I was there. And it's like, Chris, join in uh, and then and and take it from there. So I'm I'm trying to sort of like prayerfully watch this organic relationship uh develop with these with these families who I am growing to love mm-hmm. um even within like a few weeks that I've known them mm-hmm. and really see some godly connections there that we've um you know I won't share too much but there was a bereavement in one of the families. And I was able to be present in his life. I was able to connect with him and say, look, buddy, I'm praying for you. I'm thinking of you. I am I am there if you need me. I, I didn't have to press too hard or do something to him. It was just like, God is with us. Like he, the Emmanuel is there and he's incarnate and he's in this relationship. Um, and then I'm all of a sudden, like, I'm like, I'm on mission. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah.
0: I get like uh, the, the, the question I was going to throw in, Uh, with that is um, I suppose reflecting on the church we came from which was kind of more um, missionally directed naturally and from the very Mm. beginning it was quite a young church Um, but even still lots of people in that church would really struggle to sort of like you seem quite naturally gifted in terms of like striking up conversation getting to know people like how would you encourage perhaps other ordnance or students or whatever um, to be more missional where they are. Cause I think that's such a great challenge, but I think lots of people are like, Oh, where do I start? I can't even, you know, I'm British. I can't even imagine talking to another, in a field. like what, you know, what, what do you do? What's your kind of like approach to that? And And then also, how do you, how are you also simultaneously like listening for the guidance of the spirit within that mix of trying to build relationship and and seeing what God is saying.
1: Um, I think I draw drew upon my overseas mission in this context of your question, Pete. Um, you know how can I, as a person, you know do the things you're asking me to do, Lord, when my personality is is, is such a way? Um, most of the overseas missions, Uh, activities always started with a yes. Like I was never bothered about the detail of like someone up the front went, oh, there's a mission trip coming up. And it it would always like I would always be like yes first. And then whatever you know God's got planned, God's got planned. And then God would reveal what God's you know what he wants to do. Um, So it doesn't like it doesn't matter your age, your ability, you know, your intellect, your ability to converse your your character i don't think personally god's looking at any of that i think for me personally what we've experienced god is looking for the yes and the bits that are missing he will fill or he will like you know overseas missions i, I love it to death and i hate it to death i hate flying <laughs> I, we went to cambodia it was 14 hours on a plane Right. I couldn't do 14 hours on a plane. Right. God can do 14 hours on a plane. It was 14 hours of praying. It's like if you ever pray for 14 hours, yes, I have. And like <laughs> so, but he revealed to me that you know you can do this. And you know, he will help you and he will guide you. He will be there. Like it's it doesn't require you. Like it's just a yes and an amen. Um and actually one of the things I I love I love doing a churches, especially when it's worship. On I like to watch the congregation, mm-hmm. um, and imagine when I'm watching the congregation of like all the gifts that must be in this room. but like each person brings something. Even your brokenness brings something, you know, that God can use for the advancement of the kingdom. And really, sort of like tapping into those that those beauty of those gifts and the beauty. You know, it starts with a yes and an amen. Uh, And that's all we really, that's all we really wants. And once you say yes to Christ, then like, bam, floodgates open. But, you know, sometimes we can put our insecurities ahead of, you know, God's securities. Um, And one of the biggest things I ever learned recently, working on a welcome, the welcome team at my church, is that it was always from like an extrovert perspective. And the... The one thing I learned was this one woman, I was talking about like embracing people or shaking their hands when they come into the church and this one woman turned around and said, oh, I has got to be the worst thing I could ever think of. Like, that's not my personality and she became the most important person in that room is understanding like what was the barriers stopping that incarnation or that moment and understanding like you don't have to be like everyone else. You don't have to have it all sorted and all figured out. You don't have to know where you're going it's just it's literally like giving yourself to god and saying like god use me and letting him steer you um and that but that's not easy to do that's i'm flippantly say that and it's its not easy for me even in, as an extrovert so um, i hope that answered the question yeah so, no i i yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> makes
0: sense I, I um i guess uh another question might be something along the lines of um, how, how do you change the culture of many C of E churches that perhaps as individuals, we don't share that mentality or heart um, naturally in that way for mission. And I think, how do you change that culture whilst not then bringing in a sort of culture of guilt of like the church is defining, yes. we must, else we're going to die in the diocese to have enough money and either way. And, and that'd be really sad. Um, <laughs> how do we, yeah, change the culture of people in our churches without drawing into sort of a place of guilt, either of like, you need to do mission. Otherwise Jesus will think you're naughty and then you'll be told off.
1: Um, that is a very good question, Pete, and, a, and a, a bit of a tough one. How do you change the culture? Um, I think my, from what I've seen and, and from my limited understanding, um, it's looking at your relationship with God. Um, you know, the Bible I read, and obviously I bring my unconscious bias to reading the Bible, and, you know, my life experience, you know showing me things off the page of the gospel but like when when you really dig down deep into the bible into some of the absolute basics of the gospels it's like look at what christ is doing and are we replicating christ like when we look at ourselves and then we look at what we know of jesus like do we look the same you know are we a mirror image are we christos are we small Jesuses? like are we doing what christ did um and it's not in a judgmental way it's sort of like i desire to be more like christ do you desire to be more like christ what does it being mean to be more like christ and are we being christ-like and christ for me on the page of the gospel is you know god on mission you know he's always doing something going somewhere like changing cultures yeah you know, questioning you know being present being incarnate you know healing yeah you know, all those things and and none of those things um and really saying to ourselves as a church as a whole like are we being christ-like and if we're not why are we not and do you want to be no and if you do then look at look look at how we are what we're being and what we're doing and let's be honest with ourselves i mean like there's a we're in a time of authenticity and really like this whole COVID thing is bringing up like who are we what does it mean to be a follower of christ and are we really following christ or are we following what we and our insecurities are demanding um and really the self-examination of the church of england today and hopefully out of that will grow a new understanding of ourselves and what mission means in our spirituality Mm. i think it's a great answer um
0: I guess I've got the time, um, but to bring us into land with a a final question, um, I suppose out of experience, again, in terms of uh, it seems weird, doesn't it, to come out of the thing that you're ultimately training for in that, like we come out of our context, wherever we would call our home in terms of church, then come and train, which is its own little bubble to then go back out into the world as the mission rep for Trinity, have you got any ideas on how, as a community, whilst you're in this strange bubble of theological education, how you can help the community be more missional? What do you think that might look like? Obviously, you've only been here for a few months, so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one's expecting any great things. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, have you got any ideas about
1: that? Um, I would... um suggest working on your spiritual acuteness, like being aware of the spirit in the moment, mm. um, and being spiritually observant. And I I I flippantly say these things, like and I've got I'm writing a book on it or something. Um and it's, it's something I've sort of really understood in 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 a lot of my mission trips of being like switched on to what the spirit is doing in, in the here and now uh like it's very easy and it's very hard at the same time like what's in front of you what is God presenting to you where is the kingdom at your feet like the kingdom is everywhere so if you just switch on the kingdom lens or just you know your spiritual acuteness like asking God like what do I need to be aware of in the here and now and it doesn't matter if you're here in college or a curate somewhere or or a vicar of like what do you need to reveal to me, God, now to show me to get involved? in what do you want me to get involved in? That is mission. And that spiritual awareness and acuteness, um, like will just open up the floodgates. Like you'll you'll see the kingdom come in the like the everyday. Like you wake up, you know, God, what do you want to show me? Like where do you want me to go? Who's the people you want me to connect with? Like, and Maybe it's a rule of life I'm I'm telling myself now. It's like, you know, what do you want God of me of this day and this moment? Like the connections, you know, of the person next to me in my study room or the connection on the Zoom listening to a lecture or picking up my kid from from muddy boots or my neighbor, like spiritual awareness, like God, what is in this moment that I need to see that you want me to get involved in? And every day asking that question, you know, and God is a God of yes and an amen, that he will honor, you know, if you're expectant and willing, like he honors that, he's faithful um, and live in that. Like there was some, David Firth is going to tell me off, but there's something in the Old Testament about like the butter, like as a walk, leaves like the butter on, off, off the feet or something of like, where has God walked and are we walking in those footsteps and what are those footsteps leaving leaving behind and what does that say about about the kingdom and our kingdom lives um and just walking in in, in God's promise that you know he's, he's faithful and if we just say yes and amen and a faithful like he will just do the rest and this mission can be as simple and as hard as that what a
0: line to end mission can be as simple and as hard as that i think that definitely sums up my experience so far chris thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and experience and wisdom with the trinity community uh, we will have another episode of the life before trinity podcast and um, probably before you know it so do keep an eye out on uh, google podcasts and apple podcasts and don't forget to subscribe And you'll get all the latest uh, episodes automatically. We'll see you soon.